This is the Shift Podcast. I'm Martin Strong, in for Shane. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, Canadians are still letting the bedbugs bite. Sean Rollo, a technical director at Orkin Canada and entomologist, tells us why bedbugs are still a big problem in Canada and how to protect your home from pests and why you shouldn't squash every bug you see. Ryan has a get-off-my-lawn moment as he gets into movie theater etiquette and the sheer lack of it right now. Are you okay with working in sanitation? How about Dairy Queen? All that on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. I want to talk about bugs. The ruinous roach is destroying my food. Rags, the repulsive rat is wrecking my business. Termites are destroying my home. We We want action now. Get Otto, get Otto, the Orkin man. I'm Otto the Orkin man. Otto the Orkin man. To control your pest, Orkin is best. Call Otto the Orkin man. Very catchy from Otto the Orkin Man. That's a commercial from the 50s from Orkin, the pest control company. And it uh, kind of says a lot about our attitudes toward bugs. We want to exterminate them, exterminate with extreme prejudice. And some bugs that we want exterminated are at the top of the list, like bed bugs. And a new survey from Orkin Canada shows that it looks like the big cities are hit the hardest by bed bugs. The number one city in Canada, Toronto. Number two is Vancouver. So I wanted to talk about uh, the bed bug problem as well as insects in general. Um, I'm wondering if maybe we need to cut insects a break and just learn to live with them. So with me now is someone who knows his way around a bug. Sean Rollo is with us. He's the technical director at Orkin Canada. He's also a board-certified entomologist. Sean Rollo, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. All right, so you're the real Orkin man. I get. Do, do people still refer to that old commercial, the Orkin man? They do, absolutely. And uh, interestingly enough, this year we've actually rebranded to the Orkin Pro. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense because uh, a little more inclusive. of Absolutely. The yeah, well, um, I want to talk about uh, just bugs in general and our attitudes toward bugs. Uh, but let's start with bed bugs because uh, I mentioned the, uh, the Orkin survey that you did and the worst bed bugs in Canada were in Toronto, followed uh, number two by Vancouver and then Sudbury. So... I mean, bed bugs. Uh, I, are, are we seeing more bed bugs? I, I thought that we were kind of slowly getting rid of bed bugs. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that we're necessarily winning that battle yet. Um, they were something that were quite prevalent for a long time back in history, and then there was a lapse uh, where we didn't see them for, in some places, decades. And then there was a resurgence. And why that resurgence came about um, is, is up for debate. Right. Uh, however, I would say for the last uh, 15 years or so, uh, they've been pretty uh, pretty steady. COVID had an interesting effect, though, on bed bugs. It caused uh, the number of bed bug calls to drop significantly, and we think that was related directly to the amount of travel that wasn't happening. Uh, right. So, I mean, I guess that brings up a big question. I mean, the one thing I was going to mention was uh, I had heard, and maybe you can debunk this as a myth, that it was because DDT 
uh, was kind of getting rid of all the bed bugs. And then when they stopped using DDT, I don't know when that was, but it was, you know, just a few decades ago, then the bed bugs came back. Is, 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 is there some truth to that? There might be a, a little bit of truth to it. Uh, I often do hear that being cited, uh, although there there was certainly a lot of scientific studies being done around the time that DDT was being phased out, showing that bed bugs had already developed a pretty significant resistance to that product. So even if DDT had persisted, I don't think that it would have been um, something to contribute to bed bugs being eradicated. And if anybody's had to live with bed bugs, they know how nasty that is but let's talk a bit about what bed bugs do like what do do they bite what's what's the worst thing about bed bugs well I, I think probably the worst thing about bed bugs is that they tend to inhabit the place that we feel you know is our, our most intimate spaces you know in terms of our bedroom and so that's very uh, disconcerting for most people having bugs that are crawling around you know on your bed or in your bedroom where you should be feeling safe and secure and and yes they do uh, bite they are a blood-feeding uh, insect, very similar to mosquito in terms of how they feed. Um, the, the nice thing is that, um, to our knowledge, uh, to date, there have been no known cases of disease transfer. So unlike a mosquito, which is probably one of the most deadly insects in the world, because of its capability of passing disease, bedbugs don't have that ability. Oh, so there's a, there's a bright side to the bedbug. A silver lining. Yeah, good to know. Um, and uh, you you talked about uh, how COVID maybe kind of slowed down the transmission. Because I remember once I, I w was at a meeting uh, on the downtown east side in Vancouver at, a, at an office building, and they were concerned about bed bugs. And they mentioned don't put any backpacks or briefcases or anything on the floor, which kind of creeped me out a little bit. But how do bed bugs travel from from place to place well it, it, it's actually quite um accidental uh, and they they as as nice as you seem to be martin they're, they're not looking to come home with you necessarily <laughs> it it happens often when we do travel and, and hotels are are certainly uh one of the uh, vehicles for uh transmission from one spot to another so you check into a hotel you unpack your suitcase or leave it laying out if there's bed bugs in the room um inadvertently as they're searching for a food source you they may get caught up in your belongings so nice. then you close up your suitcase you bring them home with you and now you've started the the cycle of transferring from one spot to another and that's the most common way to go from from one to another um the other way that we see very um commonly is is between units and multi-unit buildings so you know apartments and condos and so on <clears throat> you've got beds bed bugs in one unit and then they start popping up in other units because they travel between walls or floors or whatever. Yeah. And the idea of using a used mattress, uh, I, I'm guessing that that could be a, a problem too. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate that, that that is the case. A lot of used furniture, um, used mattresses or box springs uh, can uh, be contaminated with bed bugs. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a very inexpensive way to furnish a home yet we have to be careful. So if you are looking for secondhand furniture, just do a quick check to make sure that you you know what you're getting into. Right. So let's talk about getting rid of bed bugs. What, I mean, what, what can you do? What, if someone discovers they have bed bugs in their home and they call you guys, what, what's the first thing you do? Right. So the absolute first step is, is don't panic. 
a lot of people tend to to lose their minds when they think they have bed bugs and, and do rash things. Uh, don't panic. Call a professional uh, company like Work in Canada. Have them come in and do an inspection. Let's ensure that it is bed bugs because to the untrained eye, there's lots of bugs that may look similar and we want to make sure that that's what it is first. If it is bed bugs, then we can work with you on a, on a treatment plan that would work uh, for yourself, you know, in terms of uh, how we would get rid of the bed bugs. We've got lots of different techniques. Um, but this is one uh, insect that we really don't recommend the do-it-yourself approach to. Uh, more often than not, it exasperates the situation. You end up spreading it to multiple rooms or areas, and then the treatment becomes much more complex. Right. So what's a real common treatment? What would you So do? we have a couple of different options. We use uh, heat a lot. So we do heat treatments, uh, which are very effective. And, and of course, uh, uh, no toxicity involved with that. So it's a non-chemical approach. We use uh, canines, so we have actual bed bug sniffing dogs that can help pinpoint where in a room the bed bugs are. So if you cool. think about uh, how dogs work in an airport or anywhere else to find narcotics, it's the exact same principle. If they can pinpoint where they are, then we can focus in that area, not have to necessarily treat the entire space or all of the items in the space. Uh, and then we have a traditional pesticide type treatment that we can do as well using steam, vacuums, uh, and, uh, and, and pesticides. So don't panic is what you're saying. Yeah, don't don't panic. Um, you know, we've we've seen in the news, you know, cases of people burning their houses down, trying to treat bed bugs on their own by using, you know, gasoline or kerosene or all these uh, things that are just not safe. So please don't panic. Call a professional company like Work in Canada and they can come out and do an assessment and work with you on, you know, what those steps are moving forward. John Rollo is the technical director at Orkin. Uh, he's also a board-certified entomologist. And uh, before we leave the topic of bed bugs, uh, what's the the most important thing people can do? You kind of touched on it, but say you're checking into hotels or or you know you're I, I don't know how else they would spread. But what what are some uh, pieces of, of advice you could give people to avoid bringing bed bugs into their homes? So the first thing you should do if you check into a hotel is just do a quick search. Um, people often think that bed bugs are invisible or you need a microscope to see them. Uh, they're not. Um, the adult bed bugs get to be about four or five millimeters in size, uh, about the size of an apple seed. So you can see them. So the, the first thing you should do uh, when you check into your room is, is check to see if there's bed bugs there. Um, as I said uh, earlier, sometimes people think they're invisible or you can't see them. Uh, adults are about four or five millimeters in size, about the size of an apple seed. So they're they're very visible with the naked eye. Take a look around the corners of the box spring. And often they've got those little plastic protectors to protect the corner of the box spring. Just peel that back a bit. Take a look. Look around the uh, edges of the fitted sheets. If you don't see anything there, you're probably okay. Um, some additional precautions. Don't um, don't use the dressers in, in a hotel room. So don't fully unpack. Use the luggage stand. Put your, your luggage on there. Keep it away from the wall. Um, don't put your clothes on the floor. And uh, if you're really, really... Uh, concerned, you could certainly set your suitcase in the bathtub. That works quite well. Wow, that sounds like good advice. That makes sense. And uh, and I don't know, I, I always feel weird taking my clothes out and putting them in the dresser. I don't think I ever do that anyway. I, I never have either, even before I knew about bed bugs. It just wasn't uh, something I felt comfortable with either, but uh, a lot of people do. So we we do advise to to not do that. Right. And so uh, besides bed bugs, what are the, the calls that you guys at Orkin get the most often? What are the bugs that people are fighting with these days? 
Boy, there's a there's a whole range. It really depends on on seasonality as well. Um, but uh, cockroaches, uh, flies, uh, mice, and rats, which aren't insects, but we get a lot of calls for those uh, in the summer. Mosquitoes and wasps, uh, ants. Those are probably the top ones. And one of the bugs that uh, I'm seeing that I don't think is a is a problem necessarily for me, but uh, I think it's a problem for some crops and things are stink bugs. I'm seeing those more and more, and I hear they're in, in BC, they're in Ontario, and apparently they've only been here for 10 or 15 years, but I, I'm seeing the the stink bugs. Um, are you, uh, are you, do you deal with them ever? Um, we, we are structural pest control operators, so most of what we do is related to a, a residence or a, a building of some kind. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't know about stink bugs or we can't advise you, but typically something like that would be... Um, uh, somebody who deals with lawn and landscape or, um, you know, agriculturally, we do see them sometimes around residences. You're right. They will come around plants, um, but that's not our specialty. Right. Uh, but yeah, they, they certainly can be a problem. I see them all the time in our house. Uh, and it's really, and I don't think it's a problem, but we just, uh, you, you know, vacuum them up. Right. And and that's the, typically that's what we tell people as well as inspect your plants. And if you do see that they're, they're covered in them, then, you know, consult somebody who who knows how to solve that problem. But if they get in your house, a simple vacuum cleaner is is perfectly uh, capable of getting rid of them. And what about ants? Is it uh, if you see some ants in your house, is that a, a red flag, or or should you wait until you see a lot of ants? Well, in in Vancouver, where you live, especially uh, carpenter ants can be a real bad problem, and and usually carpenter ants are a a sign of water damage of some kind because they, they like to uh, nest within softer wood. And so when there's water damage, the wood gets soft and uh, it's easier for them to burrow into. So <clears throat> definitely you want to take a, take on an inspection to make sure that it's not carpenter ants. Um, if it is some other type of ant, we can certainly you know come up with a program to get rid of them as well. If they're in the house, they're typically a problem. Uh, outside, you know, that's nature. That's where they belong. And uh, once they move inside, that's when people call us. Right. And, uh, and, and what should people do uh, as a general rule with their houses for, um, for making sure insects are kept at bay? Well, the number one thing is just do some very basic pest proofing. You know, make sure that the seals around your windows and doors are in good uh, order. You know, you may have to re-silicone or re-caulk uh, some seals. Um, you know, if, if you've got screens that have holes in them, then that can be an entry point looking for gaps around pipes or wires that lead in or out of the building. Sealing all that stuff up really helps to mitigate pests in the first place. Um, you're never going to get it airtight. You're always going to have some bugs that'll get in, uh, but you can certainly make it difficult for them. Right, right. Now, now as someone who you're an entomologist, someone who's worked with bugs uh, for your entire career, um, what do you think about our attitudes towards insects? I mean, even the name bug, it's kind of a loaded word, but a loaded name. Uh, I mean, do you think that uh, uh, that we we need to live with bugs more than we do? Because I'm not sure uh, exactly what I mean, but what's your attitude towards bugs in general? Well, I, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head that people often have a um, a fear of bugs or insects probably do just a, you know, a lack of understanding or knowledge about them. Um, you know, we think of spiders, for example, and and there's people who lose their minds if there's a spider, but spiders are perfectly harmless in Canada anyway. 
Um, I mean, Australia may be a whole different ball game. They got some yeah. pretty deadly ones there, but here in Canada, they're pretty harmless. And in fact, they're, they're great predators of insects. So, um, you know, they're, they're actually good to have around. They're beneficial. Um, we look at bees and, and we're all warm and fuzzy about that. But then we look at an ant and we're saying, oh my goodness, we got to get rid of them. I think it really just depends on person to person. But I think if you take the time to understand what they are, how they affect our our our, our environment or even our life, you know, picture a world without flies that break down all of the organic matter that's out there or or earwigs that people freak out about. You know, they break down all the leaves and turn it into soil. What would happen if we didn't have those? Yeah. And so we're we're living in their space. You know, we have to we have to remember that sometimes. Yeah, and they have these creepy names like earwigs and wolf spiders, and <laughs> maybe that's part of the problem. I'm sure that doesn't help. Like the earwig. And uh, what's your favorite bug? I, I would have to say that I, I really enjoy um, dragonflies. I, I think they're so fascinating in, in how they fly. Um, they are literally living dinosaurs. They've been around uh, forever. Uh, just incredible creatures. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Now that you mentioned the dragonfly is definitely, and they're so big and they, they look like uh, little tiny dinosaurs that fly. I mean, and they, they eat a ton of mosquitoes, which uh, I'm not a fan of. So um, there, there's that too. Oh, well, that's great. Well, interesting. Great to talk to you, Sean. Uh, Sean Rollo is a technical director at Orkin Canada, a board certified entomologist, and uh, he knows a thing or two about bugs. Thanks for talking to us, Sean. Much appreciated. Thank you, Martin. This is the Shift Podcast. The Millennial on the radio. It's Ryan O'Donnell. Okay. Well, I, I don't have anything related to bugs. However, no. I do have a conversation about something that really bugged me this weekend. <laughs> nice. I went to go see Scream 6 in the theater this weekend, which was an excellent horror movie, by the way. If you're a fan of the slasher genre, it uh, it doesn't really get much better than that. It's amazing that that franchise can still be strong six movies deep. There's yeah. only two. There's only one bad movie in that entire franchise, and it's the third one. Yeah, this so, one is getting yeah. good reviews. It got, yeah, it got great most, reviews. For the most it's done part. pretty well in the... On the box office, the people that are making it are big fans of the genre. So it's a great project. And, you know, here's the thing. I'm sitting in the theater with my buddy and we're really enjoying it. But there's just one problem. What's the matter? It, it, they feel like insects. And they're in, they're, that type of insect is teenagers. Oh, I can't yeah. Believe God, this is my get off my lawn moment. <laughs> yeah, you're oh, sad. Oh, <laughs> my Lord. It's happened again. Okay, so here's the thing. Okay, so put yourself in my seat, okay? You're sitting. You're in row G, so you're pretty high up. And right at the front, like this is the moment before, right? The theater is pretty empty. And there's definitely some younger people and horror movies tend to have like more chatty audiences because yeah. it's how people cope with being scared. Yeah. Um, and you're there. And then I see one teenager and then two and then three then four then five then six, seven, eight, nine, ten. An entire row of one group of teenagers sit down. Uh oh. And it was essentially like this the entire movie. Blue Blick Library. We'll stay here for a while, Vern. That man is so rude. Yeah. 
<laughs> if you don't mind, we're trying to watch the movie. Hey, Let me get my head out of this toilet. <laughs> Really? Now that's too much. <laughs> it was all too much. So oh my. They were watching one of those Hayvern movies. I can't remember that guy's name, but yeah, me neither. Hayvern. Um, Jim Varney. Jim Varney. Yeah, it's just the entire movie was chatting and laughing and taking Snapchat videos with the flash on, like obnoxiously bad and then it was interesting because from well i'm at the top i'm looking down and i see the teenagers and one half where all the guys were was rowdy and then all the girls are on the left hand side and they were all quiet and i don't understand why the other teens kind of looked at them and acted like this oh come on people that's it stan i'm not sitting through a whole movie with you oh dude dude wait i'm sorry no cow's right you suck dude <laughs> you suck dude i would have said that to my friends if they were that loud in the movie theater and this is the thing. I believe that since COVID and we didn't get to go to movie theaters and everybody's watching right. things at home, movie theater etiquette is dead. It is gone. And it sucks because going to the movies with your friends or, hey, even by yourself oh, is yeah. a sacred experience. Oh, it I agree. Amazing. I, I just so absolutely rewarding. love it. I, lo I, I adore it. It's There's something about just seeing something on the big screen with the speakers of the popcorn that experience it is something that i try to do as often as i can and look not every movie is bad uh, i would you know for the most part they're fine but there's these times like i went at three o'clock on a friday during march break right so all of the teens are going to be there but if you go on the weekend you're going to have kids and teens and adults all sharing the movie theater. The Super Mario movie is coming out soon. That is going to be the worst <laughs> movie theater experience because you're going to have all types of ages there, all enjoying it and going to be talking the entire movie. So you have to be strategic now. For example, me and my friends are going to a 10.30 showing of the Mario movie, 10.30 at night, right. to have as minimal children as possible. And look... I can get over a kid talking, you know, the mom and the, and the dad, like the parents should, you know, teach the kids yeah. how to be, a, you know, behave or remove the child if they get too rowdy in the movie theater. But it's the teens. And so the fact that we were all at home watching the movies, streaming and talking as loud as we want with zero uh, consequences. And now we're going back to the movie theater. The, there hasn't been a reminder. And you know what's really interesting too is that I, I, I go to Cineplex because I've got the Cine Club membership where I get like cheaper tickets and right. movies. And Cineplex used to have this thing that would air before the movie. And it's like, don't be a Tommy Texter. <laughs> you know, don't, you know, don't talk. There were these little uh, reminders. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Sally Seat Kicker. Sally Seat Kicker, exactly. And those are gone. Those do not play before the movie. There's maybe a quick one about get off your phone, but the talking and all that. And there's there's just no etiquette. And it drives me crazy. And it, it's pretty simple. Here's a list I have. Okay. Turn off your cell phone. I think the turn off your cell phone should just be changed to put your phone on silent. Like, you know, uh, especially just put your phone on silent, put it in your pocket. Don't text or call during the show. I was seeing, what movie did I see? During Top Gun. It was Top Gun, which is if you if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick, I suggest you do. The movie's climax is a fantastic action sequence. And in a movie theater, jet engines are very loud. 
I could still hear this lady behind me talking on her phone with about 20 minutes left. In the oh, movie. that's She's the worst. What are you and what are, what are you doing in the phone? How can the person on the other side of the phone call hear you? You're in a movie theater with the jet engine of explosions. Come on. So don't answer your phone. Uh, don't take pictures or photography or videos because the copyright laws. There's another one here that is interesting. And I, I, I have some critiques of it and it's don't eat dinner or uh, eat your dinner before the show, not during. And so this is don't sneak food into the movie. Yeah. And I used to kind of agree with that, but the prices are so stupid now that I don't really blame people. In fact, I saw TikTok today where these people brought in a Nike, uh, like a cardboard Nike bag that you would get shopping and there's a shoebox in there. And then when they get to the movie theater, they're sitting in their seat, they open the shoebox and it's an entire meal from Popeye's for full <laughs> dinner. And that sounds awesome. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but you got to sit beside somebody eating that. It, it, the smell is quite it's, loud. Exactly. The smell and the sound of the chewing. So, you yeah. know, uh, I can't, I don't really hear people chew popcorn that much, uh, but there's that. And then there's the other, uh, open your candy before. Yes. Uh, if you have been listening to shift for a while, you know that a few months ago, me and my friend had got a little, uh, a little inebriated and watched 80 for Brady, which is a movie about four 80 year old women yeah. going to watch Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, which is, that movie is a gem. I'm not going to lie. And Jane Fonda, during the movie, Jane Fonda, like the cast is amazing. Lily Tomlin. Guy Fieri, yeah. Lily Tomlin, Guy Fieri's in that movie. Tom Brady's <laughs> in that movie. Uh, it's a wild time, but uh, I had to open this, this candy, this bag of candies. And it was the loudest thing ever. Like I felt so bad because every time I tried to open it, it just got worse. It just got more loud. So that's yeah. a good tip. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's just don't be disruptive. Like, just be aware that you're sharing the space with someone. I understand that the disconnect from this was our space at home, watching movies over Zoom digitally, that's your space, and you get to enjoy that at home. And if you like that, that's great. But you are sharing the space when you go to a movie theater with other people that are there that have spent, in some cases, a lot of money just to sit and watch. Yeah. And just be respectful. Yeah. That's it. Just be respectful. And and those those little public service cartoons that they used to show about Sally Seat Kicker and all that stuff. It reminds me, uh, a few years ago, it was before COVID, my son and I were in Seattle and we went to see uh, Wonder Woman in Seattle. Yep. And at the beginning of the movie, they had this sort of animated thing and it was like one of those don't be a Susie Seat Kicker. But it was all about if you see someone suspicious, report it. And it seemed kind of weird, and I'm halfway through this public service cartoon in the movie theater, and I realize it's basically saying if you see someone who might have a gun and start yep. firing, go tell somebody. And it um, it really made me nervous, and that was in Seattle. Uh, yeah. I, um, I remember when the Joker movie came out yeah. with Joaquin Phoenix, uh, because that movie deals with some very severe stuff there were a lot of people that were afraid it would inspire people to you know bring a gun to a movie theater uh like what happened to the dark knight yeah. in 2008 um but that never happened there was no nothing ever came of that thankfully and or uh, well the dark knight came out in 2008 but the um yeah yeah and there was uh, a shooting so, i think there was a shooting in the in a batman movie yes uh, there was yeah, yeah it was bad and, but I remember though, when Joker started, I was looking around the whole theater for just like 
anything because I felt uncomfortable because people were talking about it. That's generally generally not something you're going to actually have to worry about. But yeah, these warnings, it's a simple reminder. And I would say like Cineplex, Landmark, independent theaters, yeah, put the reminder out. And honestly, if you get fed up with the people, tell them to shut up because that's what I did. There was a couple beside me. And look, I get it. Young love, enjoying a movie together. And maybe I'm a little salty because my partner lives on the other side of the country and I'm stuck in long distance. But there was a point where like they just didn't stop talking the whole movie. And even during like the really scary parts, there's this scene in Scream 6 where they're on the subway that's fantastic and they just wouldn't stop talking. And I looked over. I made direct eye contact with both of them. (laughs) And I went, shh, please, just and do you want to know what they did? They kept talking. So that really? doesn't work sometimes. And really? so if it doesn't work, you can always just tell the staff. And usually there's somebody that's going to back you up and be like, yeah, they're talking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, I'm going to see the Dungeons and Dragons movie tomorrow. I'm very excited. Got great reviews. It will be three o'clock on a Monday. And it's still spring break, though. And I will be on the lookout for teenagers that are going to ruin my movie experience. And I am not taking anything this time nothing wow and and you're a millennial and you yeah. sound a bit like grandpa simpson it's my this is my this is i will die on this <laughs> hill this is my get off my lawn moment and i know there are many listeners that document when i have these moments you can put this one at the top right i think it's valid i'll as, stand by it as grandpa simpson would say yeah i don't like the looks of those teenagers yes sure I just hope I wasn't that bad and that loud when I was a teenager. I probably was, but well, I probably was. Yeah. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you? Are you? Are you? Okay. 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 Are you okay with? Okay, Ryan. Let's start with, are you okay with working in sanitation? Ooh, that's a good one. When I was a kid, I remember going to taking a field trip to the Burlington, Ontario sanitation <laughs> waste, like waste management facility. Wow. And Sexy. It was, it was, I know, right? That's a field trip. Most kids get to go to the zoo. Not me. I went to the Nope, I'm not going to say it. Uh, it was uh, it was fun. You know, it was really interesting. You know, it doesn't smell as bad as you think. And it's kind of cool. Like you go one room and it's like, this is sewage. And then like a couple of pipes later and that's your drinking water. And I always respect that. And then there's the guys that like do the crazy work where they literally put on these biohazard suits and they go through the sewage like underwater and look for blockages and all that. Especially I once watched a two hour documentary on how New York manages its waste. And it was fascinating and also something I would never, ever in a million years do. No, no, I I like it in here, (laughs) here in the radio control room. It's fun to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because it's a dirty job, Uh, perhaps the dirtiest job, but uh, somebody's got to do it. And uh, sanitation workers in Louisiana had to put in extra work last week after one of their own was caught taking an unauthorized uh, leak in the city's water supply. Full credit to WBRZ or Z News uh, for the leak joke. That's all them. 
This security video from March 19th shows a plant worker urinating in the Ascension Parish water supply. The sheriff's office identified the worker as 57-year-old Michael Maston of Baton Rouge. Officials wouldn't be informed of the incident until days later. Ascension Parish president said the contamination did not pose a threat to the community after many samples were taken and continue to meet safe drinking requirements. Officials wouldn't be informed of the incident until days later. The Ascension Parish president said the contamination did not pose a threat to the community after many samples were taken and continue to meet safe drinking requirements. Maston was arrested on two counts of contaminating water supplies and two counts of criminal damage to a critical infrastructure. And I guess it's one of those things that it's, you know, probably on the surface, it's a huge body of water. So a little bit of urine in the water is not going to kill anybody or make anybody sick. It's more the optics. It looks terrible, and it's caught all on video. You can, it's on the, like, I saw it happen on the news channel. Like, it's, it's just so, and he had, this guy had to have known, right? Like, it's just so obvious and uh, just so unnecessary. I mean, like, I, on one side of it, I kind of get it. Like, he's like, why not? It's already a, basically a giant toilet, but at the same time, dude, no. We yeah. have boundaries for a reason. And do you think there was some attitude there? You know, he was like, mm. screw you, people of uh, wherever this is. Yeah, that could be. That that very well could be a part of it. And uh, in that case, that still doesn't that still doesn't justify it at all. If anything, it just makes it even worse. <laughs> well, it sounds oh, like God. this guy's becoming a bit of a folk hero uh, because one local man told WBRZ that the city should not have fired the worker. What is your reaction to the video I just showed you? Uh, I don't see nothing. If, unless they don't have a restroom, my dad, that's the only thing. I don't see nothing wrong with it. But... Yeah, <laughs> I don't see nothing wrong with it. That was in Louisiana. <laughs> oh, you could tell by that southern drawl. <laughs> southern drawl. <laughs> I love you know, that. Taking a leak in the water. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Water. Are you okay, Ryan? How about this one? Are mm -hmm. you okay with uh, changing a tire? I have never changed a tire. I was present to when a tire was being changed and I watched intently while the person rescuing my mom and I off the side of the road helped us out. Uh, and it was, it looked remarkably easy. You yeah. just have to have the right tools, which I don't know if everybody does have the right tools. And when I do get my first car, when I do eventually own a vehicle, when it doesn't cost a fortune to do so, I would absolutely have that kit in the car because yeah, it's really it's pretty simple. Like yeah. Just the act of actually changing it. It's not it's, that crazy. It's all about the jack. If you've got a good jack yes. and most cars, I think like I, it's been so long. Uh, the car that I have, I've, it's got a jack sort of in the floor of the trunk, but I've never had to use it. But, hmm. uh, I, am not the most mechanical person in the world, but changing a tire is really easy. Yeah. It's not that, it's not that bad. It, it really isn't. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, but I, I do think that, uh, the notion of knowing how to, if you're going to, you know, hit the road is, uh, is a great idea. I think yeah. it's just, that's just a good thing to, to I, learn. I think I could change, I think I could change a car tire easier than I could change a bicycle tire. I would have no idea how to, the only thing I can do with a bike is put the, uh, the chain back on if it falls off. 
uh, that's, that's about it. Yeah. Well, a, a driver changed their tire while driving in California last week. And actually, when we say changed, we mean it fell off in uh, some wild footage that looks like it was ripped straight from a Hollywood action movie. An onboard Tesla dash cam captured the moment in a pickup trucks as a pickup truck's tire flew off, hitting another car and sending it soaring high into the air on a California highway. Wild video of a crash on the 118 freeway in Chatsworth is going viral. Video shows a loose tire rolling off of a truck. It hit a car in the next lane, sending it flying and flipping over, scattering debris all over the freeway. This happened near DeSoto <laughs> Avenue exit last Thursday. The California Highway Patrol says it appears the lug nut from the truck's wheel sheared off right before this happened. Amazingly, both drivers were able to walk away without any major injuries. Incredible. Wow. Glad everybody's okay. Yeah. yeah they're good. It, <laughs> really okay. That guy did have a very deep voice. It is insane footage, though. The car flies like... Yeah, it's so high. I just love when the, when the anchors they're like, oh, was, they're looking at this amazing footage, and we're so uh, we're hope we are so glad that everyone's okay. Yeah, just to add, just to add, just a little tidbit there, a little bit of gravity yeah. there because we don't want to look like we're enjoying this too much. Uh, but that's from <laughs> ABC Seven. Uh, the car bounces once, returning the vehicle to its tires, and then slides for a short distance before coming to a stop. A uh, local news outlet, KABC, reported that sheared off lug nuts apparently led to the pickup truck's tire detachment. So it's a, a warning. Make sure your lug nuts are in good shape. Have you yeah. had your lug nuts checked lately, Ryan? Uh, I have not had my lug nuts checked lately. Probably you should. should. You should. Gotta do it. Cough twice. Especially as you get older. You gotta, mm -hmm. you gotta make <laughs> sure. Um, let's move on. Are you okay with... Dairy Queen. I will uh I will say this with pride. I think Dairy Queen is probably the most underrated fast food chain. I think Dairy Queen is very good because everybody knows everybody knows the blizzard and the ice cream, right? Which is amazing. But the burgers and the fries are very good and they taste the same. Like they have tasted the same from when I was a kid to now. McDonald's, I would say, has changed. Wendy's has changed so much. Dairy Queen is just this consistent, decent choice for a burger and insanely good chicken fingers. I will, I will happily stand by that. Really? Yep. Andrew, yeah. cause I never, I never ever get the, the brazier food as they call it. The, the but I often, uh, we will get, uh, a chocolate dipped cone. That's sort of a, Oh yeah. You, like you can't, or the dilly bar ice cream sandwich. Like yeah. it, I honestly, I, there's so many good, like, um, independent ice cream stores in yeah. Canada, but my first choice is still like a soft serve vanilla. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I know it's basically just iced whipped cream, but it's so good. Like, oh. Yeah. When my kids were in high school, they worked at uh, a place in, in Vancouver called Ernest Ice Cream, which is a hipster ice cream place. Really, really good ice cream. You yeah. know, a little pricey, but yeah, really high quality. But we still occasionally would go to Dairy Queen and get a chocolate dipped cone because you can't exactly. beat that. Exactly, you can't. You can't. I, I get the feeling. I used to work at a hipster waffle house, and like, yeah, like they were great waffles, but there's nothing wrong with having an ego, you know? Yeah, sure, sure. And it, and if you're gonna go to Dairy Queen, you might want to get a, a a Blizzard, a Blizzard, because a Blizzard is a pretty amazing, amazing thing. It's. Uh, yes. I remember when it came out. 
like in the, I guess the late 70s, early 80s, when they started making the blizzard. And uh, it's the same, I think it's the same as it's always been. It's, yeah, I mean, I wonder why they do the, um, they flip the cup. Like, mm-hmm. why do they do that? Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know, it's kind of cool. It is kind of cool, it's kinda yeah. kind of cool. Cause I wonder if, if it's ever fallen out, though. Like, has that ever happened to you? Uh, it's been a long time since I've had a blizzard. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, but I'm when you hungry. get when you have a blizzard, uh, you need a spoon. Yeah. And police in Phoenix are currently looking for one very, very, very large spoon. Phoenix police are searching for a giant red spoon. The 15-foot-tall statue was snatched from this Dairy Queen near 51st Avenue in Thomas. The thieves took off with it late Friday night or early Saturday morning. There are no suspects identified at this time, but if you happen to have an inside scoop. You're asked to call Phoenix police. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> the inside. Oh. I like the way he telegraphed it too. Yeah, he uh, the inside a scoop. Scoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, the the staff from Phoenix, uh, the Phoenix Dairy Queen, will start wearing "Where's My Spoon" T-shirts with a red spoon and the DQ logo, and they've also had flyers to post at various branches around Metro Phoenix. And I guess they're getting a lot of local press. I mean, oh, that, well, it's yeah. like the radio doesn't do it justice. The spoon is as tall as the Dairy Queen is. It's yeah. enormous. How did they take it? Yeah. Where is it? Why did they take it? Is there a black market for giant red spoons? I don't think so. Yeah. So I, it's a bizarre story that I will be following because I'd like to I'd like to know if the spoon's OK, you know? Yeah. And, and maybe they're going to hold it for ransom. Who knows? And, and a lot of people are saying, what's the reward for finding this giant spoon? One blizzard treat from every flavor of the summer menu. Um, so it seems a little bit lame. It's a little lame, but also if you just opened, I'm pretty sure this was a brand new Dairy Queen. If you were a franchisee and you just paid, you know, you built this and all that, you probably don't have oodles of cash laying around to give out a big reward. So giving free ice cream... Uh, I get it. That's yeah, a good right. Point. It's not a great. It's not a great reward, but it, it's probably all they're really willing to give. You know, uh, unless I, they're really desperate for I, it. I take that back. I agree because these are franchisees. These are small franchisees, businesses, yeah. and I have a friend who owns one. And it's, really, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it, they're just, you know, you buy the business and it's like any other small business. It, you know, the profit margin's pretty thin, so you got to work hard. And, uh, and giant spoons don't come cheap. <laughs> and the, no. the, the owner of the, uh, the Dairy Queen, Ramon Kalra, said, I appeal to the person. This spoon is too big to eat anything with. We <laughs> want you to bring it back. We will not ask any questions. So if you know, if you've seen the spoon, if you have the spoon, return it if you're in Phoenix. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. 